0: hello beautiful mama today we chat with musical therapist jenna bollard talia and jenna met while sky was in the hospital and jenna was their musical therapist if you are newer and you did not know sky's story i recommend you go back to episode 7 and hear that jenna fills us in on all of the awesome ways musical therapy is utilized to improve lives and as a therapeutic tool I, for one, was blown away because even after talking to Talia, I really did not understand musical therapy. Now, I'm 100% on board and want to find out when I can start. This is such an inspiring episode, and you will learn so much and feel so soothed by Jenna's calming voice. If you are loving the podcast, please take a minute and leave us a rating on iTunes. If you are compelled to be an overachiever, who we love, go a step further and leave us a review. This helps other people find our podcast and lets them know what the heck we are even doing here. You can find us on social media at Podcast. We spend the majority of our time on Instagram because Kristen understands it and Talia tolerates it. We post in stories a lot and maybe in 15 years, when we have 10,000 plus followers, we can link hilarious videos via the swipe up feature in our stories for your viewing pleasure. So go follow us over there. Finally, our sponsor. As always, we love Great Kids Snacks. We love the snacks, the convenience, and the fact that each month we are trying out new nutritious snacks. We still have our box from a few weeks ago and it's nice to have those new snacks on hand to offer when my kids are hungry but feeling picky. I always claim a few snacks for myself as parenting tax and have yet to be disappointed. Use the code MOMPOD25, O -O D25 for 25% off your first box. Go to greatkidsnacks.com And type in MOMPOD25 for 25% off your first box. When you use this code, you are supporting our podcast. Enjoy our chat with Jenna. Welcome to Mamosas! Hope you have your friends and your drinks nearby. You're here with Kristen and Talia, and we're here to talk about all things mom. This week, we have a super fun guest, Jenna. She's a board-certified music therapist, a certified child life specialist, and mom to a four-month-old. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Hi, good morning. Thanks
1: so much for having me, guys.
0: We are super excited. Talia uh, has been raving about you since she started working with you. I'm glad that she reached out and got you to come chat with us. But we're going to get your toes wet on the mom side first before we get to hear about all the fun stuff you work with. Sure. Could you tell us a little bit about your birth story? As much gory detail as you want or as little?
1: Totally. Yeah. So I I was past due. So I ended up having an induction and it was a long drawn out as you know many inductions end up being for people it was like 36 hours total I think yeah it was it was pretty rough you know there was a lot of beautiful moments mixed in but a lot of struggle and challenge throughout I basically just wouldn't dilate so I was contracting for a very 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 long time even leading up to the induction but they weren't productive so They tried everything, (laughs) everything under the sun. And long story short, my little guy was sunny side up, so his head was like on my spine in a weird way, and I only dilated to two centimeters after all that time. (laughs) So his heart rate started to decelerate, and we, you know, thought just to keep him safe and get him out. We ended up going into not an emergency C-section, but a somewhat urgent C-section. and then got him out into this world. <laughs>
2: and he's here now.
1: <laughs> and he's here now.
0: <laughs> How was that for you since you kind of did the both aspects of the, you know, labor contractions for a bunch of days and then ended up with the C-section.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, I had gone into it just kind of prepared for anything and I wasn't necessarily attached to any sort of birth plan. I just wanted him to be safe, but it was definitely exhausting. They had me like on IV fluids for a few days and I was all, I was just this big balloon by the end of it all. (laughs) (laughs) And just really, really exhausted. It was having back contractions and I don't want to, you know, impose like secondary trauma by retelling any of this but I had a really hard time um, getting the epidural in it took an hour and a half so I have it was a really rough experience at times but I had the help of my husband there and my music therapist was there and she helped really keep a calm environment and keep reminding me to breathe through everything Um, and they even let her come into the OR with me with that amazing. Yeah. I don't think I would have survived that experience without without her help and without my husband's help because I had such a hard time with the epidural that it actually it wasn't working properly by the time I got to the um surgery. So, it was a lot of stress and fear around Um, Are you going (laughs) to make sure I can't feel anything? Yeah. (laughs) So it was a lot of kind of chaos, too, at the end of just making sure they got the right meds in me and it was strong enough for them to perform the procedure. So it was a little hectic and chaotic, but we got through it and there were some beautiful moments. And when he was born, we sang him his little womb song that we had written with our music therapist, just like laying on the uh, operating table, singing to him. (laughs) and holding him and it was really really beautiful oh my gosh
2: I'm remembering when I had a c-section with Skye and I was like I want to hold her I want to touch her and they're like your hands are strapped to the table and I was like put her on me and like you put (laughs) her on me like a little like you know mink like uh, neck warmer and she just like wrapped around and Todd held her head and I was like hi I can't see her I can't see and I was like so drugged out I can't see her
1: (laughs) but I'm imagining like that Yeah. yeah he was put on my shoulder and I'm like oh but i just
2: want my yeah. arms <laughs> yeah I, I mean i get why yeah. they strap your arms down because they don't want you to go psycho and just start like pulling out your internal organs yeah. but at the same time <laughs> it's like i want to touch my baby but i'm strapped down like jesus let me yeah. out sorry everybody
0: <laughs> that really escalated
2: i feel like i keep doing that i just take it to this like, next level of like what Talia? Where are you coming from? That was Kristen, by the way. Kristen said that it was not Talia. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> Every time you describe your C section, you have your arms spread out. I'm always like, seems very cross-like.
1: Yeah, it
2: was. It's and I just and you are like h- drugged. It's
1: really wow. quite a... They actually didn't strap my arms. Or did they strap them down? I don't know. It's all a blur. It, it,
2: it sounds like you had a lot of other issues going on, so you yeah. might not remember that.
1: I do remember them all kind of yelling at me at one point because I did touch the curtain because I wanted to see. and They're like, no, 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 no. Don't touch the curtain. Don't touch the curtain. <laughs> don't touch <look> the man <laughs> behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to... I heard him, you know,
0: oh, and I, yeah. I had to see, yeah.
2: When they usually like <laughs> lift them up like a la Simba from
0: the lion king yeah yeah well the curtain sounds very wizard of oz
2: i mean it is like a disney Uh,
0: show in the or
2: if you really think a
1: (laughs) hundred percent
2: with a little bit of the passion in there that's all it's fine yeah just a just a tad saint (laughs) talia Oh, my God. So did you experience any post or are you experiencing any postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD? You're still in the thick of it. He's only four months old. Yeah,
1: yeah. It still feels super, super fresh. And, you know, my hormones are still very much regulating from the whole experience. And I feel all of the chemical shifts happening. I don't have any official diagnosis of postpartum depression or anxiety or OCD, but I definitely feel that. I experienced symptoms of baby blues. And also, um, I definitely felt, you know, feelings of isolation, feelings of um, overwhelm, of course, and dips in mood and mood swings. And I ended up discovering uh, this uh, reproductive psychiatrist, Dr. Alexandra Sack, who has resurfaced this term that was originally brought forth in the 70s by um, Dana Raphael. It's called matrescence, which I feel like really speaks to kind of what I was, what I am still going through. Um, So not necessarily postpartum depression, but still this like crazy, complicated transition into motherhood that involves like, the identity kind of explosion that happens, just the mood shifts, the body changing, all of the psychological shifts that happen is basically what she considers as matrescence, kind of like adolescence, but transitioning into motherhood. So I've definitely experienced, oh. I think, just like what all moms do in some shape or form that sometimes uncomfortable and overwhelming transition into motherhood. I've definitely experienced, but not like clinical diagnosed postpartum depression. Okay. Yeah. But definitely I've had my lows <laughs> crying. Like, why am I crying? Oh my God. <laughs> why am I crying right now?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's such a crazy feeling, the, like, overwhelm of emotion when you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm, do- I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And then, like, your toast looks weird and you're just, like, weeping. And you're like, what right. happened? How'd I get here?
1: <laughs> right, right. And I, I remember, especially in the very beginning stages of postpartum, just even like when I finally had recovered enough to go on like walks with the stroller, it'd be a sunny day. And I'm like, wow, I was so looking forward to this, like time with my little one and being able to walk in the in the middle of the week like why am I sad <laughs> you know why do I feel so low when I like I have everything I ever dreamed like this is amazing I have my little guy here like there's nothing to be sad about but I just felt so um yeah depressed and low at times definitely
0: I think it's interesting that we feel the need to find a reason why we feel sad or feel depressed right. because you just do sometimes. Yeah. There doesn't have to be a reason. And I think it can be hard sometimes to talk about it because to your point, you have what you always wanted. You know, sometimes it can feel like, oh, I want to talk about this, but I really, right. I can't right. complain. You know, there's people in refugee camps, so I guess I should just be right. happy. Right.
1: Yeah. And and I get frustrated with myself sometimes when, you know, those swings of mood come into play. And I feel that they're pulling me away from my ability to be in the moment and really take in the experience. And I don't want it to just, you know, cruise on by and miss it by being in that state of mind. But it's uncontrollable.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how's your transition to motherhood going otherwise? I mean it's really cool. it's just such a mix of all of those high highs and
1: low lows, and it's just kind of cool like getting a front row seat to watching all of that like epic development that happens so fast too, yeah, um, just kind of like being able to see all of the first like trying sweet potato for the first time we did that the other day and trying new adventures when he like noticed his hands the other day that was so cool just seeing his face (laughs) and his reactions to like oh my god this hand is attached to me (laughs) and just being able to kind of get to know his personality and connect has just been really really cool and in so many ways it's felt the transition of motherhood has felt so natural and seamless in other ways and, and this connection that I've never experienced at all before. Unreal.
2: <laughs> Sounds awesome. Those days are long gone. A blur for me. But uh-huh. <laughs> like, I remember. I know. they so fresh. <laughs> I know. Well, Kristen has a five month old.
0: So, you oh, know. Oh, wow. You, yeah. You so uh, we're right there in the thick of it together. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of, so now we're going to take a turn and we're going to talk about Jenna, the professional. So I met you at UCLA when you were Sky's musical therapist. And I will attest that Jenna was a big part of what saved us at UCLA. So we are forever in your debt of gratitude, but I wanted to tell everybody and have you kind of talk to us about what you've done there because you basically started that program that is now doing great. I mean, you're on maternity leave and it is working on its own and there are yeah. musical therapists in UCLA. They're at the clinic, they're in the hospital. So, kind of talk yeah. to us a little bit about how you got that going.
1: Definitely. So, um our program was started with a really generous gift from the Peterson Family Foundation that supported my position to come on part-time. So, I think that's when I met you Talia. I was just part-time.
2: I think you had just um, started or was very. Yeah.
1: So that was June, 2016. And I just got this awesome opportunity out of this generous donation from the Peterson Family Foundation and just kind of hit hard with trying to spread awareness and doing millions of in-services and educating staff and, you know, just trying to see as many families as possible, even in that part-time <laughs> schedule, while trying to also build a foundation for the program. So after about eight months, because of how well music therapy was being received across the board, the gift was extended for me to come on full time which was a total game changer because I could finally invest all of my energy and be there more. And our program has since grown. I started an internship program for music therapists who need their clinical hours for board certification. So we have had students as a result of that who come um, and can help expand our outreach as well as gaining tools themselves to learn and become better clinicians. And then we received a grant last year that allowed us to um, conduct research and hire on two fellows, research assistants. So we nice. did a study on the NICU for a year with their help and now the grant renewed and we got a couple other generous gifts that allowed us to have, now on staff, we have two part-time research assistants and one full-time research assistant, myself and two interns at a time. So wow. yeah, so, and th- you know, it's all grant funded, everything is philanthropically funded. So we pieced together everything we possibly can. So like these fellows are here for a year, but we're doing everything we can with that time to, you know, conduct research that can show the impact of music therapy in the medical setting and hopefully get more support from the institution as we continue to find um, how impactful music can be in improving quality of care and symptom management.
2: So I always try to explain what musical therapy is like. I can explain it as a family
0: member, as a patient family member. But like, how would how do you describe it to people? I I don't know much about it. So could you describe like I'm just this newbie coming in?
1: Totally. Yeah. So music therapy is a. Health profession. It is basically the use of music within the context of a therapeutic relationship. So we work towards addressing the individual's needs and goals. So that can vary depending on who you're working with, right? Like it could be for wellness, it could be used for symptom management, it could be used for um, emotional expression and improving communication. But um, basically, music therapy is. A board certified music therapist who's specifically studied music therapy and who is using music within the context of the therapeutic relationship to just help inspire change and healing and growth through music. And I know that's really broad, but it basically how music therapy looks really depends on who is participating in music therapy um, and what their primary needs are in the moment. In the medical setting, we are focusing on, like I mentioned, symptom and pain management, anxiety management. We're using music as a way to help people relax before and during procedures. We're using music to help process and express emotions. And we're also using music to help stimulate cognitive development for, I mean, Talia, you know, having a child who was hospitalized for so long, how that environment is just not necessarily conducive to healthy progression and healthy development. So having amazing parents like you and Todd... (laughs) (laughs) And helping, basically, music therapy helps to provide those environments and situations that stimulate that normal healthy development in an environment that otherwise is not so conducive to healthy development, getting poked and prodded all the time, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and you have an amazing gift of, and I'm sure, you know, this is something that people try to learn but jenna would come into the room and would assess the room like she was able to kind of see okay what's the vibe in here what do people want because sometimes todd and i and you know our parents would be there in sky and everyone would be really happy and we'd sing you know little mermaid and we'd get out the musical instruments and sky would you know shake maracas and then sometimes we'd get horrible news and jenna would come in and we'd all just be sitting there like really sullen and she would just sing to us or she would just play the guitar and like or she would, you know, say, Do you guys want to sing? Or you know, I remember like her coming in and we heard from a doctor, I don't remember what the news was, but it was something terrible. And Jenna just played Let It Be And like we all just like I'm like crying now, just thinking yeah. we all were just, like just like exploding tears, and it's like and we needed that we needed that relief and Jenna was able to assess it and then we also and this is where I know this is a gift and this little girl you know I do not fault her at all she was this sweet kid she was probably in middle school or high school and she was a volunteer and it was like (laughs) either like the same day or like a day after or something we were still like it was really raw really fresh and the mom knocks on the door and she goes you know my daughter you know, wanted to play a song, is that okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, fine. And she played some like poppy, like uffy, <laughs> like, you know, like Taylor Swift or like, you know, Miley Cyrus song, which was like, and she was really good, had a beautiful voice. But we're all sitting there like on the bed and she's like singing like Baby or a Firework. And we were just like, yeah. <laughs> the of
1: the year. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. So that's, they, I'm glad you brought that up. So that's not music therapy, right? So that is. Um, Yeah, performing is different, right? That's performing music can sometimes be therapeutic, but it's not music therapy. So music therapists study, like you were saying, Talia, how to assess. We do individual assessments and we study psychology and human behavior and neurology of music. You know, we learn evidence-based techniques to promote rehabilitation, rehabilitation, physical rehabilitation. So it's very, very different than just performing. Not to say that it's not powerful to witness a... A performance uh, that can sometimes be extremely therapeutic, but that's not what music therapy is. But I love what you said about sort of ha- like the song Let It Be that really sums up some of the profound moments that can happen in music therapy, I think, um, is how music can hold us when um, nothing else really can. And sometimes it's just not appropriate to even talk about situations or to try and solve a situation. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just bigger than us. And music has this amazing way of providing comfort and holding in a way that includes everyone and keeps everyone really safe. So we do a lot of that with music as well um, in the medical setting. So, and uh, like you said, it's completely Completely dynamic. Like one day, I could be doing like freestyle and making beats with a teenager and like dancing around the room or like (laughs) having a dance party down the hallway. And then the next day, you know, I'm recording a heartbeat and there during the withdrawal from life support session when a child is taking their last breath and providing music to the family. So it's, and that happens like in one day, I could have such dynamic extremes in music and I think it really just speaks to how music is just such a part of all of us and you know it's literally like brain food it helps us develop it helps us to relax it is such a epic coping resource to us all and basically um, in music therapy we're just harnessing that power and sometimes just reminding people like Talia you know your whole family is so musical so it was super fun to work with you guys (laughs) and really my job was just like Hey, remember music? It's right here. <laughs> when oh my gosh. It, it's yeah. easy to forget about this tool sometimes. Not saying that you did, but no, but um, absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, God, we all looked forward to when Jenna came in the room. It was like, oh, it's Tuesday. All right. Jenna's coming. Yay. <laughs> oh, I hear the rock is down the hall. Oh, I think she's coming. <laughs> God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just like sitting there doing nothing. But Sky, I mean, yeah, we all in my house make up songs. Todd and I just like rewrote the lyrics to a Moana song for I mean, just we were freestyling it while i was cleaning dishes and Todd's like, we have to write this down. Oh, I mean amazing. Sky makes up songs all the time. She's definitely our child.
1: Oh amazing. <laughs> the masters of improv. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, that's us.
2: But I'm glad that she has that because I'm like, I don't think you could hang if uh you weren't making up songs at, at random Todd's mom, <laughs> mom. Did you sing this song to her? I was like, no, she's making that up right now. Like, cool. Amazing. <laughs> Kristen and I were talking about musical therapy in other settings. So we know you work specifically in the hospital, but it sounds yeah. like therapy can work anywhere. all across.
1: Yeah. All across the lifespan. So, I mean, music therapists work with older adults. They work in special education. They work in correctional facilities, in psych. That was my first job, was working on lock psychiatric unit. And they can work with the military, working with individuals who have PTSD. Uh, They work in substance abuse recovery groups, any type of mental health mental health setting um, and also just providing wellness kind of across the board hospice palliative really opportunities are endless for how music can be weaved into someone's care plan and in, in improving their quality of life we also work um, there's different like specializations of music therapy as well so you can also after your board certification do continuing ed courses and sp- become a specialist in areas of like neuro rehabilitation so what has sort of made the news and maybe you You guys have heard his. Um, neurologic music therapy helping individuals who have had stroke or traumatic brain injury to recover by regaining their speech ability and their being able to walk again and their motor movement. There's a type of music therapy that specifically hones in on rewiring the brain essentially because of how music is processed throughout the entire brain we're able to use music to retrain so like Congresswoman Gabby Giffords was able to speak again because she worked with a music therapist every single day who trained her with melodic intonation therapy because the language centers of her brain was totally um, devastated. But because music is processed in other parts of the brain, she was able to learn to speak again through singing and rhythm and basically singing the phrase. And then eventually over time and lots of practice, dropping the melody and just speaking the phrase normally. So a lot of times we work in rehabilitative settings as well. But then on the flip side, sometimes just providing that comfort care um, and more like spiritual support as well.
0: So I had not really heard of music therapy until Talia had told me about it while she was in the hospital. Is it something that is like on the newer end or is it more just one of those things that people just aren't aware of?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess relatively new. So the official music therapy, In the clinical sense, how it is used today in the United States. Um, The American Music Therapy Association and our kind of formalized training has been around for 60 years. So there's about 70 or 80 uh, approved degree programs now in music therapy. And Basically, music therapy in the more formalized sense of training and evidence-based interventions was developed after World War II when musicians were coming in and performing for patients and were reportedly uh, overwhelmed and a bit traumatized by what they called shell shock syndrome back then, which we now know is PTSD, and just not having the training to be able to support people who were going through such psychological strain. But they noticed that when music was involved. involved in the care that the wounded soldiers were healing quicker and spirits were lifted and everything, the whole tone, nurses were feeling differently and more relaxed. So they kind of sent in for reinforcements and some pioneers started developing this formalized educational training and support for these performers and musicians and healers who wanted to provide this kind of support with music. But music on its own has been used for healing since the beginning of time, right? It's involved in religious ceremonies and prayer and sound healing, you know, Eastern religions and Eastern healing has embraced sound healing and music for since the beginning of time. There's so much evidence that music has been used throughout all of time to help people overcome hardship. So our field has just become a bit more formalized in the past 100 years. But music for healing has been around since the beginning.
0: So interesting. First of all, I just love that you know, I love that you know the history of it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like, I know it's your interest it's kind in of your music field. Therapy, yeah, but I just, like, love it. I just love when a person knows From one so nerd much. to another, yeah. love that you're
2: informed. That's what Kristen's trying to say. <laughs> I
0: love it. <laughs> um, so for people, you know, again, like, I'm a noob here, so I apologize that you probably, like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, Kristen, you should know this. But I have to imagine if okay. I, if I don't know other people don't know. Just
2: think about the pelvic floor and how
0: I was the noob. You get to be the
2: noob now. I'm very excited. I feel so
0: excited about it because it's like I'm probably going to go research all this after we get off the phone like oh, I so so appreciate your
1: enthusiasm and and that you're asking Questions and that you're interested.
0: So, how can our listeners, what are reasons listeners could, you know, I know you've talked a little bit about what you use it for, but say, you know, they just kind of have kids that are going through pretty much normal things, maybe some behavioral issues. Could they use a musical therapist and how would they go about doing that?
1: Definitely. So, anyone can receive music therapy. I mean, I had my own personal music therapist for a while just to cope with life and to strive for wellness in in place of talk therapy it worked better for me go figure (laughs) or art therapy you know anyone can benefit from music therapy Um, you can find a music therapist by going on our national association's website it's www.musictherapy.org and there's a list of music therapists or you can just contact them or you can contact me if you're, you know, in the LA area or I have some contacts all over the country because I've moved a bunch, so (laughs) I could probably help you out. <laughs> but yeah, I think you can definitely find a music therapist who could come to the home even or find a music therapy clinic. Some of those exist depending on where you're located. I, I think it's always, always beneficial um, working on communication, expressing feelings, even things as such as like sensory integration, working on fine and gross motor movement goals, um, working on speech. Music therapy is helpful for all of that kind of behavioral influencing <laughs> and also emotional support
2: I mean Sky sang before she talked so I can attest to the speech thing absolutely
1: (laughs) yeah I mean like how could we possibly learn the ABCs without having a song paired with it (laughs) I wouldn't be able to memorize it
2: (laughs) learn so I mean as a teacher I use songs all the time now of course I am that person that makes up the songs for everything but (laughs) it sticks Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, well, I remember being a teacher and hearing kids down the. I mean, I, I taught first grade, and then I had kids loop with me in third grade, and they still remembered Miss Savern's rounding rap with DJ Savern. Oh I my mean, gosh! I would,
1: I would love have to, to be a fly on the wall in your classroom. <laughs> Saf, put your sunglasses on!
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course, as you know, a
1: whole bit that goes along with it. Oh my oh. gosh! Everyone deserves to have a teacher like you. <laughs>
2: But remember, I mean, that's the thing. It's just so, it's so amazing that we, I mean, I can still sing the paragraph song from second grade. I mean, it just sticks with you.
1: So music is so embedded in all different parts of our brain. So it's in the hippocampus, which is in charge of our memory. It's stored in our brainstem, which is responsible for our primary functions. It's stored, it's processed in our auditory context. Uh, cortex. It's processed in the language centers of our brain. Um, It's processed in our amygdala, which is responsible for emotions in response to fight or flight. It is really all powerful. Um, And when we use music paired with learning, we're just solidifying those lessons and helping. It's basically just like giving a shortcut to our brain's and helping us to really retain information or sequence our bodies <laughs> to music. So, um, because of rhythm and all of the elements of music, it helps us to really hone into those lessons that we're we're trying to learn. But I think that the trouble sometimes with music therapy is it can be hard to find a music therapist who takes insurance. Mm. But if it's done correctly, it you can bill for it. So that could be something to talk to the association about. Like, say you're working on one little motor or speed each goal there are music therapy codes that we can um, bill for. So it could be possible to hire a music therapist that's maybe partially reimbursed by insurance. Good to, you know, to know. Yeah,
0: I was actually yeah. wondering about that.
1: Yeah, but because <laughs> sometimes that's why people you know, of course, they'd love to have music therapy in the home. But I mean, they can't a- necessarily afford with all of the other things in life to shell out extra money for a music therapist to come to the home. So that could be something to look into as well. And there's also some organizations that provide like music therapy. Actually, I'll do a little plug for mending mothers. Please Um, do do it. I just started a nonprofit where for this reason, because you know, we believe that everyone should have accessibility to music therapy services. And kind of as a result of the baby blues that I was experiencing and the feelings of isolation that I experienced in immediate postpartum and I'm still dealing with the way that I cope is by Making something that doesn't exist. <laughs> like, oh, I want this. This would help me right now. It doesn't exist. Cool. I'm going to make this. It's love. Of, it. it helps me cope. So I put together this nonprofit and it's small. We're starting small, but the idea behind it is to provide pregnant women and women in postpartum, new mamas, with music therapy support either via video conference or in home, depending on where they're located, free of cost. So they get linked up with a the music therapist and we pay the music therapist. Um, And we also offer free cost or donation based if you'd like to contribute to other moms receiving services, self-care boxes and Mm. distance Reiki services as well. And what's the
0: name of your organization again? Sorry. Mending
1: Mothers. You can find us on Instagram or www.mendingmothers.com. So, yeah, just focusing on kind of maternal mental health. That's that's the goal. (laughs) Wow, Jenna, you're such a
2: powerhouse. That's Uh,
1: awesome. But there are other organizations like that, like in the LA area, Children's Music Fund provides 10 free music therapy sessions. For families you just apply online and give them a call and it's a good way to kind of try it out too if you think music therapy might be good for your little one
0: and that's just in LA
1: the LA area okay. yeah but I'm happy again if anybody's in another area and wants to be connected with an MT just let me know
2: I mean it obviously is so much more impactful I think to probably have somebody in your home with you but it sounds like if you can't have that you could have it via Skype or you know a Definitely. video conference,
1: okay. Even like a consultation can be helpful where a music therapist you can talk to a music therapist who can kind of hear your story and what you're thinking might be it might be helpful to have music involved in your everyday life for yourself or for your little one or your whole family just sort of have a consultation with a the music therapist they can provide some individualized tips cuz i mean of course there's so many healing ways that we can all incorporate music into our everyday and you probably already do. But even just having some extra little tips um, can be helpful by talking to a music therapist. But I mean, I'm sure many of you already incorporate music in this way, but it can be really helpful in just promoting that relaxation, getting ready for bedtime, helping with stressful events. Like, you know, if bath time is a little stressful for your little one, having that relaxing playlist going. If car rides are stressful, identifying that like music that's associated with relaxation and using it during those times to help promote that relaxation. It's also really good for just family bonding. um, And it helps, again, And because of how music is processed in the brain, it helps to build those positive, (laughs) positive memories. So I think there's so many ways that you can incorporate music into your routine.
2: Well, you think about like, you know, as a parent who has no issues with making themselves a fool. I mean, I think of Kristen, when I always go back to this, you know, Kristen pregnant in her bathrobe, singing Tutti Ta because her oldest wanted to hear Tutti Ta. And then, of course, couldn't care less that she was doing it but sky was in it for the long haul (laughs) you know but like we sing to our kids all the time I mean most right. people do I should say. Most people, you know, you're singing totally. the ABCs, you're singing twinkle twinkle little star, you're doing right. all these things but then when you get into that like height of the moment of like I'm so mad at you for doing whatever or we or you're so frustrated or whatever the case may be to be able to have that moment of incorporating something that makes you feel happy or relaxes you or right. makes you feel safe, you know, and that's all stuff that musical therapy really can help and
1: provide. Definitely. And I think we can't underestimate the power of singing with our kids or even talking with inflection, uh, more dramatic, you know, sing-songy kind of talking can be really helpful, too. We really can't underestimate how powerful that is for long-term, you know, language development, social development, you're, you know, these building, developing little brains. Music is so Helpful, like I said, it's like it's like fertilizer for the brain. Music, it's really like brain food. But even just you know, reading with like a sing-songy voice, I think we all kind of intuitively do um, how we talk to babies and and dogs, right? We're like, <laughs> or me speaking for myself, sorry. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. like we're just a little more dramatic with um, the tones of our voices. So I think we intuitively use pitch without even realizing it on a subconscious level. Um, But yeah, it's important not to underestimate how powerful and multi-beneficial it is to be singing all the time or even um, using music as bonding, like as kids get older, helping to create a family playlist and making these really beautiful memories together. I mean, I think everyone can relate to hearing a song that makes them think of someone, Mm -hmm. right? Or makes them think of a moment in their life. So just kind of harnessing that power for the greater good and helping to create lasting meaningful memories with music can be another great way to use it well
0: and to your point when my oldest was a baby we used to play somewhere over the rainbow the Hawaiian version I guess do you know what I'm talking about oh yeah I used to play it over and over and over and then whenever he would start crying and I couldn't figure out why he was crying I would turn it on and sing it to him remember when we were in the parking lot that
1: time yeah it's amazing it's amazing so ingrained to that music yeah Yeah, and
0: just as soon as the first couple keys would play he would calm down and then we forgot about it we didn't play it for a year or so and then you know he we heard it and he was like immediately calmed by hearing it yeah
1: so we part of the music therapy assisted childbirth Um, that I went through when I had a music therapist was meeting at 26 weeks. I mean, because baby can hear music as early as, you know, 23 weeks even at times. So part of the music therapy training um, was nightly practice sessions where we played the playlist that was going to be used during labor and delivery every single night but I would do it with relaxing activities so it was paired with like you know deep breathing for the first few tracks and then sitting in a rocking chair and talking to my baby you know rubbing my belly and talking to my baby for the next few tracks then like taking a bath for the next few tracks and then eventually going to sleep to the remainder, so that those associations were built, not just for me, but also sharing a nervous system with my little baby boy. He was hearing that music every single night. Like, I don't know how he didn't get sick of it, but oh my gosh, it was mind blowing to me that, first of all, he knew the song that we had written for him and were singing to him every night. Like, he turned his head as a fresh newborn and looked at us when we started singing it.
0: Oh my gosh. Um,
1: but still reacts to this playlist like, To be honest, I am so sick of this playlist (laughs) because it's been like, I mean, we've just like the amount of streams, like we have one of our friend's songs on it. And he's like, man, like, have you played our, my song like thousands of times (laughs) in the past few months? He's like, you're keeping the lights on over here, (laughs) but it really works. I mean, we've had those moments like the, you know, car meltdowns where we're just like oh wait even I I forget I'm like oh music and I'll put on that playlist and he's like ah, out <laughs> it's amazing it's like magic <laughs> oh,
2: that is awesome yeah. yeah I think people do I think in the moment people do forget about music I mean just like what you said Kristen you know with a meltdown or something like that when they're a baby you
0: kind of go oh yeah music but when they get older I've never thought of it to use it with my toddler. Like, I've never been like, okay, you're going nuts. You're having an explosive episode. Like, let me put some really common music on.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you don't go there. You just kind of think like you're right there in the heat of the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And
0: even if it's,
1: if you're anticipating a stressful event might be happening around the corner, you can start by making the environment even a little bit more peaceful with some relaxing music. And maybe it won't, I'm not saying like meltdowns won't happen if you use music. Of course, I'm not trying to say that, but it can, I mean, on a physiological level, it cues the heart rate to slow, the breathing to become deeper and more regulated and the whole parasympathetic nervous system to just become more relaxed. So hopefully it kind of takes the edge off of an otherwise escalated situation, even if it's just in the background. So I mean, and I think we're so lucky nowadays, like having it at our fingertips with our phones. Yeah. Press of a button can maybe help a lot. (laughs) Or singing even better.
2: I think it's time to do our end of the podcast question. What do you think, Kristen? Yeah, I think so. So right. we always we always love to ask people what kind of media they're consuming when we have guests on. So Jenna, what Ooh. media are you consuming as of late?
0: So like what yeah. books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Tell us about all of the good stuff. Well,
1: right now I actually just rewatched Ali Wong's two comedy specials, which are <laughs> insanely relevant right now because she's pregnant in both of her <laughs> specials. So that was a nice release, you know, <laughs> comic release. Let's see. What else? What am I watching? I've been watching She's Gotta Have It on Netflix. And let's see, book that I'm reading. Um, Alexander Sachs book, I've, I keep going back to and kind of rereading. It's called, oh man, let me make sure I get the title right. I think it's What No One Tells You About Your Emotions During Pregnancy. But if you look it up, it's just Alexandra Sachs. Uh, You can find her online. But I've been finding that book really, really helpful.
0: Nice. Yeah. Also uh, reading
1: Michelle Obama's book. (laughs) <laughs> very slowly <laughs> but surely good <laughs> yeah
2: we are so glad that you were able to come and join us this morning in your closet thank yeah. you <laughs> thanks for this this closet conference here absolutely
0: <laughs> and
2: enjoy your little one and everyone re- will post uh all of the websites that jenna mentioned in the link for this episode yeah we'll link them all And seek out musical therapy if you think it is right for you, your family, and your little one. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for being on. Bye! Best wishes!